0: The focus for this episode is on the child tax credit. There are proposed changes going around Congress, so I am looking at a bit of the history and what is part of the child tax credit. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. Since there are talks in Congress currently about increasing the child tax credit, I thought I would go through and look at what are the qualifications. What are the credit amounts? And what is some of the history related to the child tax credit? So, to begin with, in order to claim the child tax credit, it is available to taxpayers who have a qualifying child. Now, technically, there are really eight requirements to be considered a qualifying child for the child tax credit. The first qualification is that the child is the taxpayer's son, daughter, stepchild, foster child, sibling, step-sibling, half-brother, half-sister, or a descendant of any of them, such as a grandchild, niece, nephew, or other descendant. Second, the child must have lived with the taxpayer for more than half of the year. Third, the qualifying child was under age 17 at the end of the year. Fourth, the child did not provide over half of his or her own support during the year. Fifth, the child is a U.S. citizen, U.S. national, or U.S. resident alien. The child tax credit is not allowed for non resident alien children residing in Canada or Mexico, even if they qualify as dependents. Number six, The child is younger than the taxpayer claiming the child. Number seven, the child does not file a joint tax return unless the return is filed to claim a refund and no tax liability would have existed had the child and spouse file separately. And last, number eight, the child is claimed as a dependent of the taxpayer that is also claiming the child tax credit. Now, in my experience, the child tax credit is often claimed in conjunction with other child-related tax benefits, such as the dependency exemption. Others might be claiming a child for the earned income tax credit or head of household filing status. The child tax credit is one of the two benefits of The Dependency Exemption and Child Tax Credit are what are claimed on Form 8332. That is the form where a custodial parent allows a non-custodial parent to claim those benefits. So normally the benefits are in a cluster, all claimed by the custodial parent that no other benefits can be handed over like the Earned Income Tax Credit. So with Form 8332, the Child Tax Credit and the Dependency Exemption can be allowed by the custodial parent to allow the non-custodial parent to claim those benefits. Perhaps that would be alternating years, but that may be in the divorce decree as set out between the spouses. Now, the child tax credit has both a non-refundable and a refundable portion of the credit. So, like I was saying in a previous episode, the non-refundable portion is used to reduce tax, and the refundable portion that is often referred to as the additional child tax credit that is used as a refund for the taxpayer. So the non-refundable amount will reduce the amount owed and the refundable amount is an actual refund that can go to the taxpayer and translates to cash in hand. Now, when the child tax credit first began in 1998, the per-child amount was capped at $400. It had been raised to $500, then $1,000, and that was going to be a temporary amount. But this was going until the American Taxpayer Relief Act of 2012 made the $1,000 cap permanent. So, in more recent years, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 came into play that it made three major changes. It doubled the amount per qualifying child, raising that from $1,000 to $2,000. The refundable amount was raised up to $1,400 that could be received in the refund portion, And finally, it increased the income thresholds to make the child tax credit available to more families. So, regarding the refundable portion, the additional child tax credit is calculated as 15% of the taxpayer's adjusted gross income in excess of $2,500. And again, the refund value is capped at $1,400. So prior to 2018, the full child tax credit was only available to single parents making less than $75,000 and families making less than $110,000 per year. That was increased to $200,000 for single parents and $400,000 for married couples filing jointly. Above those income thresholds, the child tax credit is phased out at the rate of $50 for each additional $1,000 or portion of $1,000 earned. Now, most recently, the House Ways and Means Committee provided details of the most recent COVID-19 relief package that is being considered, and that includes a proposal that would include a fully refundable child tax credit for 2021, so for that tax year, increasing the amount to $3,000 per child aged 6 to 17 and $3,600 for children under the age of 6. Now, part of this proposal is to make the credit payable in monthly installments of amounts like $250 or $300 rather than once a year with the tax refund. And the payments would start to phase out for individuals earning more than $75,000 a year or $150,000 for those married filing jointly. Now, there is the potential that passage of the legislation could mean advance payments of up to half the 2021 child tax credit starting this July based on the tax return information from 2019 or 2020. And they are saying if there is an overpayment of the credit for individuals making less than $40,000 or $60,000 for couples filing a joint return that they would not be repaying the amount, and it would not be garnished from their wages. Now, some of this relates to a question of what the purpose of the different tax credits is needing to serve, that certainly people look at the IRS as an organization that collects revenue and enforces That collection. But then, when it comes to various credits that are passed by Congress, there is the question of what the purpose those credits are serving, that there is the question of tax policy that is coming through. Are the tax credits meant to be a means of supporting families in the nation? Are they meant to be? providing welfare substitutes or alternatives, that there are certainly some families that do not have large incomes, that it is a substantial increase in their annual family income when they receive their tax refund once a year. So that is a question for what the purpose is for something like the child tax credit and the additional child tax credit. So certainly that is part of the debate. Should the government be providing benefits to low-income families through using tax credits like this? Is that the purpose for the, the credits, or is that the purpose for what the IRS should be doing? I think certainly that is a debate that goes to the heart of what people believe government should be doing, what the IRS should be doing. Certainly I am of the opinion that, that families getting the help they need from getting a healthy tax refund will certainly benefit them, but certainly that is a good debate of What is the role of the government? That that is the heart of a lot of political organizations. I do lean toward the side of these people. There are many who need the large refunds, so I certainly am supportive of them receiving benefits in a way like this. Whether this is the best solution, I am certainly not the one to figure it out. I do not have all of the answers, but wanted to let you know that this tax credit is a way that the government is supporting families, and it goes back to the debates of tax policy, just what is the need for credits like this, and so certainly that will be part of the question for when or if the next changes to the child tax credit occur. So overall, I hope that this was a good history lesson for you and a good discussion of the policy issues behind the child tax credit that I am reminded now to mention that with its monthly payments, that would be a way of supporting these families to make it a bit even for them to be supported through the year rather than a one-time payment with their tax refunds. So certainly that is some of the thinking behind advance payments or monthly payments of the child tax credit. There would be questions in Congress how they are going to implement this. I can see within the IRS them asking questions of should they be administrators like this of sending out monthly benefits to families in need. So these are great questions that are brought up. I do support people in need getting the help that they should have, but again, I'm not sure what the best solution is, so I Hope that Congress is providing good solutions with regard to the child tax credit. I hope this was useful information for you, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors, for another interesting tax discussion.